Doug Tyrrell, History and Comment is available on iTunes. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Wednesday, the 25th of January, 2023. Walter Raleigh is knighted in 1585 for his explorations of America. Elizabeth I is monarch at the time. Raleigh called the area Virginia. Elizabeth was known as the Virgin Queen. Does anyone recall the tourist slogan the state used back in the 1970s? One of my favorite poets was born on this day in 1759. Robert Burns was a common man from Ayrshire on the southeast coast of Scotland. The first 27 years of his life were a near constant struggle as the eldest child in a large family and tenant farmers. Almost to the day, he was to sail to Jamaica and work on a sugar plantation. His poems were met with wide acclaim across the country. By this time, he had children by two different women, and his current marriage was contested. For the next decade, his fortunes were much better, if not well off. For reasons not completely clear, his health failed, and Burns died at the age of 37, but not before becoming ensconced as the national poet of Scotland. His material has made its way into American popular culture. Old Lang Syne, the popular New Year's Eve song, is a Burns work, as is the line, The best made plans of mice and men off go astray. That was composed as the farmer Burns was plowing and turned over a mouse den. I have trouble picking a single favorite. Ye Banks and Brays is excellent, and I often quote from the poem, Gin I were a baron's heir. Burns wrote in deep Scots dialect, which is almost a foreign language to Americans. Old Lang Syne makes little sense. The translation is along the lines of the good old days. Gin I were a baron's heir? If I were a rich man's son, lassie, would you love me? William Colgate was born in 1783 in England. His father was impressed with the ideal of the American Revolution, and the family immigrated when William was 15. At the age of 21, he's an apprentice soap maker in New York City. Two years later, he forms his own company and never looked back. An American naval expedition in 1840 is the first to identify Antarctica as a new continent. The now common wedding march is first played at the wedding of Victoria, daughter of the Queen of England, and Friedrich of Prussia. The year is 1858. Gustav's Dow patents what is called a soda fountain on this day in 1870. What it actually is, is a container to carbonate water, the key ingredient in a wide range of drinks and confections. The idea is quite simple, bring water and carbon dioxide together. But to work well, the water needs to be chilled close to freezing and the gas under pressure. Then the liquid must be kept under pressure until ready to use. Transcontinental telephone service begins on this day in 1915. Alexander Graham Bell in New York City places a call to Thomas Watson in San Francisco. Of course, Mr. Watson was working for Mr. Bell when the first phone call was placed years earlier. Soap operas were for decades a staple of mass media. They were regularly aimed towards women and sponsored by soap brands. The Guiding Light debuts on radio in 1937, originating from Chicago. Fifteen years later, it moves to television and will run there for 57 more years. The genre is not known for its uplifting messages and situations. One observer once remarked, if you remove the amnesia and infidelity, there would be no plot. It was a prime example of programming to the lowest common denominator. The grand or maybe great-grandparent of all video games is patented on this day in 1947. 
On this day in 1959, for the first time, you could board an airplane in Los Angeles and fly directly to New York City. The fare is $301. While that seems like a deal, it's $3,080 in today's money. A round-trip ticket today is about $200. I was contemplating on my recent road trip why America is so entrenched in automobiles and planes, and not rail like Europe or the Far East. There are several factors. Independence is a big one. Options is another. I could have driven all but a dozen miles of a 550-mile one-way trip on interstate highways on my schedule, stopping to sightsee on a whim or altering my course. That is not possible with any form of mass transit. Unless time was critical, a flight between my house and the destination would have been a day-long affair that involved security, parking, at least two flights, and a rental car. Probably more expensive in terms of time, trouble, and cash. Rail would not have been any cheaper or quicker and would have also required a circuitous route. The Radio Payola scandal was in the news in 1960. Record companies were paying DJs to play certain songs. The original Disney adaptation of the Dodie Smith tale, 101 Dalmatians, is released in 1961. Let me see. There have since been a remake and a spinoff of the original. No one has attempted the sequel book on the subject, The Starlight Barking. Smith was a prolific playwright and also had a couple of other novels to her credit, including I Capture the Castle. At one point, Smith had nine Dalmatians as pets, including one named Pongo. If you're familiar with the breed, that is quite a feat. The line comes to mind. Fifteen puppies can do quite a bit of seething. Blue Ribbon Sports is founded in 1964 by track athletes and a coach from the University of Oregon. For the first time, for the first years, they were importing shoes from Japan and reselling them from the trunk of a car. In 1971, the agreement broke down and they began manufacturing the products themselves. That was the point where the name Nike and the swoosh came into being. They boast 79,000 worldwide employees. The question begs how many of those are in the Far East working for pennies. The Japanese company is still around as the ASICS brand. Ten years ago, Nike replaced Alcoa on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. This is typical of the evolution of the largest American companies. The heavy industrial companies that actually make things have slowly been replaced by high-revenue companies that are mostly retail, service, or importers. That is not a good trend. The comedy film MASH premieres in 1970. While the spinoff television series was widely popular and also comic, the film was much darker than the TV series. Both used the same theme music. The film actually used the words, Suicide is Painless. The main characters are played by Don Sutherland, Tom Skerritt, and Elliot Gould. Only Gary Berghoff made the move to the TV series. Director Robert Altman is quoted as despising the television version, calling it antithetical to the original, even though both share the exact same storyline. That's history and comment for the 25th day of January. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering. <laughs>